0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching to you out of a... I use a King James Bible, but that's not what I believe in. I believe in the textus receptus, which is the original Greek text that is in an interlinear Bible. I said this while I was doing the announcements, but the interlinear has the Greek on the top line, and the English right under it. I don't even trust this English because I don't believe translators get things right and they can't get everything right because it's like I said earlier, uh, there are no indefinite articles in the Greek. A and an is not in the Greek text. When you see 8,000 years, that's not what it says. Don't have time to go through all of that. Let me give you something here. We don't have any indefinite articles, and we got one definite article. One definite article, the. I learned that in elementary school down in Texas when I was a little kid. Here it is right here. Well, I thought I was at it. I was at it. Hold on this is this is the definite article. well, I keep running past it. You'll forgive me if you don't oh. Preach at you and make you repent. I had it a while ago, and I just clicked past it. Here it is. You've got, these are the definite articles in the Greek right here. The. There's 24 ways just to spell the in the Greek text. 24 ways you have no a and no an anytime you see it in a king james bible it's not in the original text in fact when you look at john three sixteen, it says in the greek text for the god the it's actually whole the god theos the is masculine gender singular these are all the ways to spell the. It depends on if it's singular or plural. Masculine, feminine, neuter, gender in the singular. It depends on where it is in the sentence, how you spell it. nominative case. That's either the subject or the predicate nominative. I learned what a predicate nominative was in the sixth or seventh grade and I never forgot it. A predicate nominative. Is the same thing in the predicate. The predicate is everything past the subject, Jim. Jim is, that's the verb, the, if it's a predicate nominative, this line has to lean forward. Jim is the pastor, is pastor. And any modifying words go under here, the, Jim is the pastor. Pastor and Jim are the same thing. Pastor is the predicate nominative. So that depends on whether it's nominative case, masculine, feminine in the nominative case, or neuter, a table, a, a desk, a car. And whether it's genitive case, genitive means it shows possession. Baptism, I like this. Baptism of repentance. The fact that you the fact that this is genitive case, when you look up of repentance is baptism of repentance. It'll tell you of repentance is genitive case. That means that repentance, true repentance, that baptism belongs to repentance. That means it cannot possibly mean water. And a blood baptism was death to self. And repentance means to be turned away from self and think differently. Repentance means death to self. Death to self. Everything that's righteous in the Bible means death to self. Everything in there. That's why I put this pinwheel on the board last message, and I just got started on it because everything here branches off into dozens of different things i put this on the board we've talked about faith it takes more than just defining faith it takes to understand this is all god's sovereign will To be sovereign means to be, you think of a king over a nation being sovereign. That means his word is law. You can die at his word or you can live at his word. The word of God says we have to die. Everything up here has to do with death to self. I've said that faith has to do with death to self and I may just stay on this subject because I want you to see how everything in the Bible branches away to everything else in the Bible. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1, Hebrews 11 and 1, this is the best definition for faith in the Bible. It's just like, it's just like, uh, uh, Agape, the best definition for agape in the Bible is 2 John 6. That's as good a definition as you can get. Well, faith, the Bible says faith is. Faith is. If you have is right after a noun, it means, is means I'm going to define this for you. Faith is. This is amazing because when people get confused about the hundred forty-four thousand, the hundred forty-four thousand is is a constant where it means equals. When you look at, I'll just. I'm not going to go through it. I'll just show you this in Revelation fourteen. People say they're confused about the hundred forty-four thousand. You can't be. Because it says right here in 1 Corinthians 14, talking about the 144,000 in verse 3, it says, these are, are is plural for is, singular. These is a reference back to the 144,000. So these equal, these equal. All you got to do is define the rest of the words that they're equal to, and it goes on to say these are equal, which do not are not defiled with women. Well, defiled with women means they are virgins. When you go to Second Corinthians, eleven, chapter, verse one, he says he says, well. He'll tell you who they are. I'll go ahead and tell you who they are. It's really not even hard. He says in second corinthians eleven and one, this will define not defile with women and it's talking of spiritual defilement. Sometimes I get off on a get off on something I can't get back on it all right. Second Corinthians 11 and 1. My Bible's falling apart. Okay, I'll only turn the page. Alright, 11 and 1. Would to God you bear with me and my father, indeed bear with me, for I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. That's one that's not defiled. How can we be virgins and not defiled? God spoke of defilement as being, as going after other gods. In fact, He called that spiritual fornication to Israel. That was their lovers, their other gods. Well, He says, so He says, that's us not defile with women. How would that be? That would be the inner man that can't sin. The inner man, you got an inner man and an outer man. The outer man serves the law of the flesh. The inner man serves the law of God. And the inner man is Christ in you, the Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you. So that's the part that's virgin and can't sin. And then he goes on to say in that Revelation 14, and these are they that follow the Lamb. 144,000 follow the Lamb. Follow is the word akulatheo, A-K-O-U-L-A-T-H-E-O. Akulatheo means to be in the same way with it's the same word in Luke 9 23 Luke 9 23 that says if any man will come after let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me Same word as follow. It's the same word when Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. It's an imperative command. So follow means to be in the same way with. And there's only one way that we follow Christ in the narrow way. There's two ways, a narrow way and a broad way. Notice how difficult this is not. It's not difficult at all. It's, there's a narrow way and a broad way. Narrow is the word thalibo, T-H. You say, Jim, you put that on the board so many times. This is a different place. Same word. Thalibo comes from Philipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. And Philipsis is the common word tribulation. So the 144,000 ones that follow Christ in tribulation. We must, there must tribulation under the kingdom of God. And notice this is not difficult. No more difficult to find the words. It's not hard at all. And then he says, They follow the Lamb whithersoever he goes. These were redeemed at We were redeemed by Christ's blood from among men, being the first fruits do you mean we're the first fruits? James one eighteen. Of his own will beget he us that we might be a kind of first fruits. How hard is this, one hundred and forty-four thousand? I just told you what it is. It's the church. It's a figurative number for the church. Twelve is the number of the total church. Twelve times twelve is hundred and forty-four. Then you got these. 144,000 mentioned the 7th chapter of Revelation. Now, let's get back to where I was. I just stopped real quick to show you what the 144,000 are. It's not hard to understand. You just got to define a lot of words now. We're talking about faith. We're talking about this pinwheel here. Faith, let's define it first. The best definition for faith is Hebrews 11. 1. Hebrews 11.1 one says faith is substance, or faith equals substance. Now, you can have somebody define the 144,000, get, get 100 preachers, and they'll be arguing for five hours, and I just gave it to you in five minutes. Boom. It's real simple. Definition resolves everything. Have you noticed that? It's like falling off the log. Why would God give us a book like Revelation that we could not understand? Defining words is it. That's what makes it happen. So he says here in now we're talking about faith. Faith is equals substance. Well, substance is not a hard word. Substance is the word hupostasis. It comes from hoopo meaning under, and stasis, meaning to stand. Hypo also means sub, sub. A submarine means under the marine or under the water. So, an understanding is a substanding, that's a structure, that is a foundation. It's a foundation that you build upon. I could go into that, but I won't now in understanding but the Bible says there is none that understandeth there in Romans 3 Romans 3 10 through 12 there's none that understanding it's talking about Jew and Gentile all over the world it's talking about after they grow up nobody understands so if you have an understanding God has to put it there. If you have a substance, a substructure, substructure. The word is actually uh, tamaleos, T-H-E-M-E-L-I-O-S. That is the word foundation. Foundation would equal substance. Hupostasis. Now, if you have an understanding that you can build on, if you have an understanding, you have to have an understanding heart. You have to have an understanding mind if you're going to go to school and take calculus. It doesn't mean you understand. You've got to be able to evaluate and understand. Understanding is a condition of the mind God's got to give you that because there's none that understands God. So if you do have substance, you have understanding. If you have understanding, you learn. You got the word mathetes, mathetes, which is a learner. M a t h e t e s. You got the word matheteu, m a t h e t e u o, which is the word teacher. And it comes from this same word. And you have the word manthano, which comes from this. Manthano, which is, is to learn. And a learner is called a mathetes, or a disciple. And the Bible says in Luke 14, Luke 1427 he that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my disciple cannot learn he doesn't have any understanding and that's faith so a daily cross is produced it produces faith and crosses are for dying on and Paul said I die daily and he said in Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after him, let him deny, deny, Aparneomai, A-P-A-R-N-E-O-M-A-I, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. But you had to be condemned to a cross in the first century. I've said that a hundred times. You could not be put on a cross if you were a Roman citizen. You had to be a slave or a criminal to Donald the Cross. They crucified Jesus as a criminal for calling himself God. Let a man deny himself, let him utterly contradict himself and follow me and take up his cross, take up and follow. And the amazing thing is, is deny, take, and follow all imperative commands, imperative commands of God. Now, so, if you, you've got to have a cross, you've got to be condemned for telling people truth. That's what they'll condemn you for. I've got a lot of people that write to me that want to condemn me. Now, we're talking about faith. Faith is understanding, but nobody understands unless God puts it in their heart. Now, there's things about faith you need to know. Faith must increase. It has to. Look over here in Luke. The 17th chapter, Luke 17. I gave you a paper there. I want to show you something. This is called a word study concordance. I'll go ahead and give you this. This is a word study concordance. This is second only in my studies to a word. Of Strong's Exhaustive Concordance when you look up a word in your Strong's Concordance and you look that number up in here I've given you I've given you I seem to be crisscrossing myself but I'll give it to you as I think about it and as I go I'm giving you on this page, these two papers the word phileo And all of its morphemes. Morpheme means word shapes. Word shapes. Phileo. You got two words that have been translated love into the New Testament in English and both of them been translated L-O-V-E and they're not the same word. I don't care what these Greek teachers tell you. They're not the same word. If they were the same word, why didn't they translate it the same word? Because it wasn't the same in the Greek. You have the word phileo and you've got a whole bunch of morphemes, word shapes that are connected to that phileo means to have affection or to like something this is all it's like a trail comes out from the sovereignty of god don't trust love in your bible go and find out if it's phileo or agape agape in second john 6 says this equals agape it actually says this is love. You can change "is" to equals and love is agape and it means to walk after the commandments of God. That has nothing to do with phileo. Phileo means to like something. I like my dog. I like my car. I like to get drunk. I like to buy drugs. I like going on a ferris wheel i like i like uh, chocolate you can like anything but that's not agape agape second john six says this equals agape this equals agape that we walk walk everywhere you find agape you can just substitute walk after his commandments, when the Bible says in Romans nine, "Jacob, have I loved?" That's the word agape. Jacob, have I have I given my agape to? Of course, Jacob's name was changed to Israel in that 32nd chapter of Genesis. So, you might as well say, Israel, have I given my commandments to? You can substitute equals for equals. The results are equal. That's a that's a simple algebraic axiom. You've learned the first week at algebra. Things substitute for equals, the results are equal. So you can substitute for agape everywhere you find it walking after God's commandments you can substitute Israel everywhere you find Jacob so Israel have I given my God my commandments to who did he give them to in the Old Testament Israel how many did he give to to Esau none that's why it says Jacob have I loved I've given him my commandments now I've given you this paper here. This is out of word study concordance. You can look down here and you can see this word phileo on the bottom of the first page, 5368. It'll tell you it comes from 25, but it doesn't. 25 is agape. These, these are the numbers out of the Strong's on the left hand side that's the number that I'm strong it'll give you the words that it comes from on the right hand side but sometimes it's not exactly true and you can see phileo down here on the bottom 5368 that's phileo and it'll say that it goes into love or loveth or phileo and it'll go all through here then it'll tell you here And on the second page, 5384, It, it comes from 5384, philos, which is the word friend. So philos and friend come from the same word, philos. That means friend. That is a form of phileo. Form of flail. It means to have an affection. And Jesus said, let's see if I can find it here real quick. Jesus said here in John 15, in John 15, look at verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you can you identify whatsoever I command you with agape can't you identify with that because agape is walking after God's commandments so this second half of this verse you can substitute agape there when he says you are my friends if you agape me you can actually substitute agape right there. If you do whatever I command you, friend is the word, philos. It's that... So, there's no such thing as unconditional love. God will only be your friend. You can be God's enemy and be a believer. The Bible says, friends with the world are enemies of God. Friendship with the world. Well, when you look down here at verse 5373, you see that on the left-hand side of that second page? 5373, that friendship of the world is enmity with God, and friendship is Lord fully up. Hilia—that's just another form of phileo. You can learn a lot simply by learning your word study concordance, and then you can look down here. Look down at fifty-three eighty-one. These are these are compound words in the Greek and. In verse fifty-three, eighty-one, Philoxenia comes from Philos and Kazenos. Remember Kazenos, X E N O S, or X E N I A. Remember that it means. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. Strange is the word Kazinos or kanizo, x-e-n-i-z-o, and it means an occasional guest. So, when he says be given to hospitality, instead of coming up with some English word, that just means to entertain or have an affection for strangers, of course it's going to be, it's, that's what philo, comes from philos, affection for strangers. But you got to keep that in context with everything else. You can't have an affection for strangers unless they're walking in truth, right? Just like you can't have an affection for a brother unless he's walking in truth. And then you can look at 5377 Philos, Philotheos lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God in Second Timothy 3 and 4 lovers of pleasures more than philos philotheos philo, theos. comes from philos and theos, philos is an affection for God h-i-l-o-s theos you can go through here and look at all of these words, you've got Philonikia, which comes from philos, and nike, which is victory. So that means you like to fight. So that's uh, the word strife in Luke 22, 24, And it comes from the same word in First Corinthians eleven sixteen, fifty three eighty. If any man seemed to be contentious, in this case the contentious is wanting to get victory over your enemy. And then you've got you've got Philo Casinos in fifty three eighty two an affection for strangers. And then you've got up here in you've got Philema, which is holy kiss in 5370, it all comes from the same thing. Then you got 5369, lovers of pleasures. That's philohedonis. It comes from philos and hedonis. An hedonistic person is one who's going to have fun doing anything he wants to do. He doesn't care what it costs. That's a hedonistic person. So lovers of pleasures has a lot deeper meaning than just looking at that. So all of these things come. Then you look at, at uh, 5383, the who loveth to have preeminence comes from philos and protos. Protos, we'll get the word proton from that. And a proton, we believe, is first or the smallest particle or first particle of an atom. So he loved being first. He had an affection for first in line. And any these and you got down here in 5385, philosophia comes from philos, and sophos, which is the word wisdom. It means they love to have wisdom. You got that twice, 5385, And then you got down here, you got everywhere you got these philo connected with a word. It can help you to learn the Greek words better by looking at the prefixes on a word. You see what I'm saying? Just look up the word philo and it'll tell you philia, philo philia, philos, uh all the words that have to do with affection. So I thought I would give you that. You can keep that, take it home with you. That's why you need, everybody needs a word study concordance. If you'll notice, if you'll notice in the left, just look here on the front page, 53, 55, it'll tell you it's mentioned nine times in the Bible. It gives you every time it's mentioned. Envying, envy. And sometimes the English words are different, but they're the same Greek word. So learn to look at your... That's why when you look up a word in your concordance, look at the words surrounding it. Look at the words before it and after it. A lot of times they come from the same word. It makes the Greek language smaller. And you can learn words faster. All right. Now, let's get back to where I was. Let's get back to faith. When you're reading, when you see faith, faith is more than just substance. The Bible says faith has to grow. If faith grows, then substance grows, doesn't it? And your daily cross grows, doesn't it? Faith has to grow. Look at Luke 17. I don't know how I can ever get through all this. It's just... I've seen this for years, how they all connect together. Every one of these things on this pinwheel has to do with death to self, death to self, death to self, death to self. All of it is killing off that outer man, every bit of it. Self is our main problem. Remember a demon, Jesus called a demon self. He rebuked Jesus. Rebuked him. I got it up here somewhere. Jesus rebuked him, and this man had an unclean demon. In Luke four, same man had an unclean spirit. In Mark one, and Jesus rebuked a u t o. Otto. In fact, when the Bible says. That men at the end of time will be lovers of their own self. The word is philos, A-U-T-O, lovers of their own self. So that's what Jesus said the man had in Mark 1. He rebuked him, masculine, gender, singular. Demons are just you all it is. There's no such thing as demons. That was their superstitions. Now, uh, you got to every one of these things I've got on the board, every one of them are going to branch out into dozens of other things. This faith is going to branch and keep branching. It's all A branch into all kinds of things that's why when you study a word you can't just get the definition of it out of a Strong's you got to go into your Strong's concordance and or go into a word study concordance make some copies of a page and just go down and see everything that this word does it's like the word faith when these Baptists that I've been around so much, and my father being a Baptist preacher, it's saved by grace. You saved through faith, not not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works, not of works, not of works. Ah! Sounded like a parrot. And they in those independent Baptists say works has nothing to do with your salvation. Yes, it does. You don't work to be saved. But if you're not saved by a working faith, you're not a believer. And what is it that works in you? It is God that works in you to willing to do of His good pleasure. That's the inner man that's working in you. That's the new birth that's working in you. It's God working in you to willing to do of His good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 Now, i got to give you what faith works. Let's go to Galatians first, Galatians 5. Notice how all this connects together, Galatians 5. 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith works. Period. Well, love is walking in the commandments of God, isn't it? So faith works. By agape, but let's substitute what we've already defined agape as. Faith works by walking after God's commandments. You know how far this goes? Walking after God's commandments. Everywhere Jesus or the Bible says Every word has an imperative command. Every word Jesus speaks of an imperative mood. That's a command. It's just as much of a command as He said in the beginning when He said, Let there be light. It's just as much of a commandment from Jesus because He was the God in the beginning and He made all things and all things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. So He made everything. So faith works, works. E-N-E-R-G-E-O-N. energion, which is our word energy, it's energized by walking after God's commandments. It's like I've said, if I told you I bought me another car, you came over to the house and I got this real nice looking car. And you said, Boy, that's really a really nice car. And you come over. And the car is called I said, Well, I call it faith. I've named it my car Faith. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, let's open the hood. And you look in the hood and you say, it doesn't have a motor. There's no motor there. Mm-hmm. Faith works by the motor. motor. The motor is God's agape. You cannot separate faith from good works. My father and all of his friends would quote Romans 2, 8 and 9 by grace you are saved through faith and that not yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast I never heard my father or anyone else quote the next verse nobody Ephesians. Huh? it's Ephesians isn't it what did I say it's two. It's Ephesians 2.8 and 9 and 10 and Ephesians 2.10 I never heard my father quote it or even read it <laughs> or none of his preacher friends we are his workmanship. Workmanship is the word poema, P-O-I-E-M-A. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, agathos. Beneficial works. Beneficial. Poema, that is that is comes from opio P-O-I-E-O. means to do or to work, but it's not the not the common word work, it, which is the word E-E-N-E-R-G or E-R-G-O-N-E-R-G-O-N. E-R-G-O-N. Ergon is the common word toil or work. Toil. That's not this word poema. Poema has the idea of a a tapestry or a mosaic. It's something beautiful. And he has created us in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained before the foundation of the world, before Ordained Pro E T O I M A Z O Poetoy Mazo comes from pro, meaning before Im H E T O I M A S, which means to fit up. In advance, he has ordained that we do these good works of God. Did not, was not Abraham justified by works? When the Lord said, take Isaac, your son, your only son, and take him to Mount Carmel and offer him as a sacrifice to me. And Abraham took his son, Isaac. And headed up to the mountain Moriah that's where they're going to build Jerusalem at a later date but that's long before Jerusalem and he takes his son Isaac up there and his son said father where's the sacrifice and Abraham said God will supply himself a sacrifice and he tied his son up like he would tie up those sacrifices, those sacrificial lambs, tied him up with the right knots and he raised the dagger and he had full intent of plunging it into Isaac. And God stopped him. He didn't say, are you sure, God? He had full intent of killing Isaac because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 chapter that God was able to raise Isaac again from the dead because he had already raised him in a figure, in a parable. What do you mean he raised him? He raised him from the dead loins of his father and the dead loins of his mother. That was calling things that be not as though they were. And Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. And he had full intention of killing his son. And by those works, Abraham was justified. O D I K A I O O It means rendered innocent abraham was justified by his works he had full intentions of killing his son because he knew god had already promised he's going to bless all the world through the works of this son isaac that's what the bible says In isaac shall thy seed be called how was isaac called from the dead that's the gospel that's the gospel that was preached to Abraham that Galatians, that third chapter says. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel to Abraham. What was that gospel? He raised Isaac from the dead. The gospel is resurrection from the dead. And he raised Isaac from the dead. Now, look here in Luke. 17th chapter. If your faith doesn't grow, I may be on this pinwheel for some time. I have seen that everything that you're talking about, about the sovereignty of God, sovereign means over all, everything, the good and the evil. I have seen that everything has to do with death to self. Self must die. Every subject I can put up there, the scapegoat, deny self, spiritual circumcision, drinking the cup meant to undergo a death, blood baptism meant to undergo a death. Spiritual Sabbath has to be with death to self and believe God, period. The scourge. God says, I'll beat you until you do bow to me. That's what the scourge is for. And we're predestined to conform to the likeness of Christ through that scourge. And then demon means to fulfill self. Self has to die. The demon in all of us has to die. Now, look here in the 17th chapter of... Luke and the Apostles verse 5 the Apostles said unto Jesus increase our faith and the Lord said I'm going to tell you how your faith is increased if you have faith As a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, sycamine tree was another brand of a fig tree. Be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea. Everything that's cast into the sea is Babylon. Babylon was the mother of Harlots. And she was founded on self. That's what has to die. And it should obey you. And which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will send him by and by when he come in from the field? Go and sit down to me when you go in the field. That's not your first. That's not your first obligation and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank the servant? Does Jesus thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, ye, when you shall have done all these things for God in your life, who was it gave you the strength and the power to do all of them? God. We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. That's how your faith is is, is increased. But you have to have faith as a grain of mustard seed. I want you to go over here to Matthew seventeen twenty. Matthew 17. When the Bible says, it says it many times, except if you have the faith, as a grain of mustard seed it's not talking about they used to sell these little bracelets with a little glass and they had a mustard seed in it and they showed it a mustard seed was real small so they never did have as small as a mustard seed was the mustard seed was the smallest of all of the seeds in a garden it was less than the size of a grain of pepper the birds love the mustard seed. they would gobble it up. And here's what the Bible says. look at this. Matthew seventeen Matthew, let me go to thirteen thirty one Matthew 13 thirty one. Wherefore I say unto you, we're talking about faith increasing. What does it mean? All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven men. Where are you? I'm in Matthew thirteen. Thirty one. Thirty two. Whoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man. Huh? You're in the wrong place. I sure am. Matthew thirteen thirty one. Oops, I'm in the wrong place. 13, 31. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds in the garden. So less in the size of a grain of pepper. But when it is grown, it's the greatest among the herbs of the field. It grows to be 17 to 18 feet high. That's the kind of faith you've got to have. It has to increase exponentially to the point it becomes much greater and that that would once have devoured it the birds what it will tell you here it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof and they can't harm it any more. when your faith grows birds are equated with evil men here And they can't harm you when your faith grows now. Look over here in Luke 13. In Luke 13 and verse 18. 13 and verse 18. Your your faith has to grow. Luke 13, verse 18. Then said he unto, unto what is the kingdom of God? Remember the kingdom of God was a title for Israel. And and Jesus said in Luke, the 11th chapter, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. That's a term for Israel. Oh, I resemble it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden and it grew and waxed a great tree and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches thereof and they couldn't do it any harm anymore. The evil man of the world, the older you get, the more your faith grows. They can't harm you anymore. Now look here. Look here in Luke seventeen. Luke seventeen. Now we we looked at that. Look at Matthew seventeen verse twenty. Matthew seventeen Matthew seventeen Jesus has come down off of a mountain. And a young man is brought to him by his father. In verse 14, When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Now notice this is not Jesus saying it. It doesn't mean that Jesus believes him. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is moonstruck says a lunatic. It means moonstruck. It comes from lunar, which is the word moon. Now he's either a werewolf. Werewolves go long back, or he is a vampire. Werewolves and vampires go back thousands of years. In fact, if you're going to study werewolves, You've got to study lycanthropy. L Y C A N, canthropy. That would be what you studied if you studied werewolves. Now, this man is saying, My son is moonstruck. Does Jesus believe that? No. Why did he say that? Because the whole society said those things. He just stuck on moonstruck. He's lunatic. And he keeps falling in the fire. Now this man came up with this idea himself because of his society talked about having demons and having being moonstruck and being lunatic and everything was the cause of some demon. That's what they said a vampire was in the first century. It was a demon. You can look at vampire in, in the Hastings Encyclopedia. It'll tell you, this is a really the most peculiar thing. It'll tell you a vampire was a demon out of, out of Hastings. And they said the way you got rid of a vampire, you had to put it in a bottle and throw it into a fire. A bottle. What was a bottle? It was a familiar spirit. Familiar spirit in the Old Testament, there's no such thing as familiar spirit. It was a con job people were putting on the people. It was a bottle. Every time you find familiar spirit in the Old Testament, it's the word O-W-V. It meant bottle. So, what was a bottle to them? It was not a glass container. It was a goat's stomach. And they would dry it out. They would sew, up, sew it up. They would plug in one end, and they would put a stopper in this top end. And Then they would, the guys that had learned ventriloquism, they would say, pass my palm with money and I'll talk to your great aunt or your grandmother who's been dead and then they would peep and mutter peep making strange sounds claiming to be talking to their grandmother getting advice as to whether they should buy a house or not if they should plant a certain garden or whether they should go to war they would go and consult these Witches, witches, the word kasaf, C-H-A-S-A-P-H, S-A-P-H. And kasaf meant to speak smooth words. A witch was not an old hag flying around on a broom. He was a smooth talker. Oh, sounds like Billy Graham to me. He was a witch. Not by our definition, but by biblical definition, he was a smooth talker. So was Charles Stanley. These guys are smooth talkers. They don't believe in predestination. They never talked about it. They didn't believe in a daily cross, self-denial, death to self. I don't believe these guys. So they would take a strap, put a strap on it, carry it wherever they went, put their wines or their juices in that. And when it came time to con somebody out of money, those that had learned ventriloquism would claim to talk to their dead ancestors. That's why the Bible says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. They were stealing people's money, putting the con on them. There's no such thing as demons and witches and all these other things that go with that. That's man's wicked heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know the heart of man? Nobody can know it. It's a wickedness that's in man now. Let me give you a couple more of these. When they translated ob or bottle into the Septuagint, LXX, around 200 B.C., some brilliant translators that knew Hebrew and Greek translated the Old Testament Hebrew text into Greek, and they called it the Septuagint. And when they translated "familiar spirit," which is the word "ob," this is the word they translated into in gastro muthos. It means "gastro" is the word "stomach." When you have gastrointestinal problems, drink Pepto or whatever. Stomach. Muthos means myth. In means within. In gastromuthos means a myth within the stomach. Even the translators knew that it was a con, and they translated it right. Anytime somebody's wanting to get money from you, so they can talk to your ancestor, they are liars. Once they're dead, they're dead. The rich man died, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, and the Bible says, anybody who's there can't come here. And Lazarus died and was carried to Abraham's bosoms. And the dead know nothing at all about what's going on on the earth, according to Ecclesiastes in the ninth chapter. Now, I don't believe any of these superstitious things that's going on. None of them. The heart is what's evil in a man, and that's it now. So, your faith has to go look over here in 2nd, 2nd Corinthians, 10th chapter. 2nd Corinthians 10. Paul said, when I write to Corinth, you don't like it because he says in verse 10, his letters say that Corinthians are weighty and powerful and his body presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. We don't like the way he talks to us. The people in Corinth didn't like Paul. <laughs> of course, they were babies. They were baby believers. He said that in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians. Look at verse 11. Let such and one think this, that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we're present. I'll be harder on you if I get there to Corinth. He didn't cut any slack for the Corinthian church. Then he goes on down here and he says, in verse fourteen, for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not into you and to you, for we are come as far to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without measure or outside the Word of God. That is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we should be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. The word enlarged means to extol. You've been giving me a thunder and a hard time because I've written hard words to Corinth. Corinth was as apostate as any church is in the Bible. They were just a million miles from the truth. And God jumped their case hard. Now, the preacher's given a hard time. As long as I tell you, you have to repent daily. Cross death, self, self denial, Christmas pagan, predestination is true. Give preacher a hard time. We don't like what he's saying. If your faith will be increased, you'll quit giving me a hard time. Now, look over here in. Second Peter, faith has to grow. Let me stop on the way over there in second Thessalonians, the first chapter. The word increase is the word oxano, A-X-U-N-O. Oksano, Lord, increase our faith, Oksano. Make it stronger. And he tells the people at Thessalonica or at Thessalonians, they're up there on the on the top of the Aegean Sea, right next to Turkey, the western, eastern part of Turkey. How much time do I have, Mike? Twenty four. All right, maybe I'll get some of this in here. I don't know why I can't. Find me a map over here. Why can't I come by there? Yeah, that'll be good right there. All right. And. Thessalonica was right up here, right about there, right next door to Philippi. This is the Aegean Sea. This is the Adriatic Sea right next to Italy. It is called a boot because it's shaped like a boot. This is Sicily, where most of those mob characters come from. But this is Greece here, and right up here is Thessalonica, and Philippi. And then Paul comes down here to Athens and Corinth here, preaches, and then he goes back home. So he says to the Thessalonians in verse 2, Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or necessary because that your faith groweth exceedingly groweth exceedingly is one word Hooper oxano A-X U-N-O your faith has to grow that, we've just been dealing with just a couple of these points here with faith growing We're going to 2 Peter. And let's look here in 2 Peter. Does your faith have to grow? We had a guy that used to come here. He said, you got all the faith you need when you first get saved. Well, you don't get saved for one thing. Now, let's look at this one of my favorite chapters. I keep saying that about a bunch of these chapters, don't I? But I love this chapter. Because it's talking about faith growing. And let's read from the start. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, he's writing to a particular people, to them who have obtained like precious faith with us, So he's writing to people who are believers. He's not writing, none of these books were written to unbelievers, to vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereunto are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises. He's talking about us, believers, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature of God when your faith grows, having escaped the corruptions that are in the world through lust. And besides all this, give all diligence, add to your faith. And you think you don't have to, your faith don't have to grow. You want to conquer a lot of things in the world? You're going to have to grow. In my 80s, I have learned I can conquer a lot of things, but I don't conquer them. God conquers them. God does my fighting for me. I refuse to fight anybody anymore. These guys that write to me and correct me on the Bible, they don't know what they're talking about. You guys don't understand. I'm not going to fight you. God fights my battles for me. I just say, Lord, you fight, you fight all of our battles. I can't fight the world. I have learned that as I got older. The world is a bunch of hard-nosed people. They're evil vessels of wrath, and you can't beat them. But God can beat them. And then he says, add to your faith. Add is not, he's not asking you, would you like to add to your faith? Add is an imperative command. He's not asking anybody to add. It's an imperative mood. Epi. C-H-O-R-A-G-E-O. epi Correggio We get the word choreography from this word, corregio. C-O-R-E-G-E-O. The Jews had a circular dance, or what they called a sacred dance. I got a book written by Jews, Sacred Dance, and it's called the Sacred Dance. Epi means upon or cover with. He's saying, cover your life with this dance. And there's seven points to it. And this is how you get strong in the faith. There's seven things you add to your faith. Number one, virtue. I could spend all day long talking about virtue. Virtue is the word arete, A-R-E-T-E, and it means maturity. Grow up. Do you think you're just as strong at three years old as you are when you're 25 or 30? You're not. When you are a child... And the Bible speaks of the Corinthians being babes. He said you need to be fed with meat, but you're too young. You have to I have to keep feeding you with milk of the Word, which is for babies. Milk is nourishing for babies. When people say, Well, these preachers out here are preaching milk, I say, No, 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 they're not. They're preaching sewerage. These Baptist churches are not preaching milk. Milk is healthy for babies. And then he says, Virtue, grow up. That reminds me of the word teleos, T E L E I O S. Teleos is the word perfect, be therefore perfect. But it doesn't mean any different than a rate. It means to grow up and to be mature. Be ye therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect there in Matthew the sixth chapter. He's talking about grow up and be mature. In fact that is a part of the word when the perfect is come T E L E. T E L O S I O S. Teleos means grown up. Mature. When the perfect when the church has come, that's why it goes on to say, when I was a child I spake as a child. I understood a child. When I became a man I put away childish things. That's what he says right after he says, When the perfect is come. Let me show you one verse that has to do with that. Colossians, the third chapter. He's talking about all the things you have to put off. You have to put off the outer man. I can't get everything into one lesson. In fact, it may take me six months just to skim the top of this. And he says here in verse 14, he just got through telling the Colossian church what to put off and then what to put on? He says in in verse 10, Put on the new man, the inner man, which is the man that serves the law of God. Because the outer man, which he says put it off in the previous part of the chapter, mortify this outer man and put on the new man. Then he says down here in verse 14, Above all these things, above all what things? Holy, blessed, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any have a quarrel against any man, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Above all these things, put on charity, agape, walking in the commandments of God, Agape, put on agape, which is the bond of perfectness. Agape is the perfect. When the church grows up and they're able to walk after the commandments of God, And Peter said during his lifetime, the perfect was here, T-E-L-O-S, which is a form of teleos or teleotes. He said the perfect is here, the church is mature, and all of these gifts of an apostle have died away. When Epaphroditus showed up to visit Paul at Rome, Paul had lost his ability to heal. He couldn't heal him anymore and he had Paul had the ability to heal people he got bitten by a deadly Mediterranean viper which had enough poison to kill a dozen men and he just slung it off his hand and that was one of the miracles of an apostle so he says above all these things put on Agape, which is the bond of perfectness, means completeness. And the church became mature during the lifetime of Peter. He said so. Now, let's go back over here to Second Peter. Add to your faith. So he's talking about faith increasing. See, I can't preach this pinwheel without getting into faith increasing and that is not even I got to go back to that pinwheel and show you that all of these things has to do with death to the outer man death to the flesh and to knowledge and he says to virtue knowledge gnosis How long does it take you to learn all these words? Yes, the rest of your life. Thank you, Tim. It's going to take you the rest of your life. To I didn't learn all these Greek words in it for one study lesson over a week. A lot of the things you hear me teaching I learned a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, five years ago. 10 years ago some of them i learned 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 years ago i do remember a lot you know why i remember a lot because it's interesting to me pray that god will give you the answers that's how you can remember so much is being interested what the answers are and it's not going to be what you hear some preacher say down the street so knowledge is gnosis and to knowledge temperance enkratia E J. E G. K R E T E I A. inner comes from e-n enkratio k-r-e-t-e-u-o inner strength inner strength for what control yourself on what? Not just sex, eating, buying, exercising. Oops, I hit me there. I'm going to have to watch out. Whatever you should be doing or not doing, it is forcing yourself to do right. And when God increases that inner man and He starts to overcome the outer man, it's easier after you've been a believer for 25 or 30 years to conquer that outer man. But it's not easy when you're young. It's real hard when you're young. Then He says, into knowledge, temperance, into temperance, patience. It's an interesting word. The trying of your faith work is patience. Count it all, Joe, when you fold a diverse temptations knowing the trying of your faith work patience. And let patience have its perfect work. Let it happen. Patience, hupo, Monet, m-o-n-e. That is the noun form of hupo, M E N O. Hupomone is patience, Hupomone is the word endure, that's the verb form of patience, he that endureth to the end the same shall be saved, who's going to endure, every one of us because God, he that hath begun a good work and you perform it till the day of Jesus Christ, you have to increase in faith, and then he says, Patience, godliness, eusebia, e u s e b e i a. It means to be godly or like God. I like what one writer said. It said it has the resurrection scheme involved in it. Resurrection. Resurrection means to come to life. Anastasis means to come to life after dying. Come to life. And how often do we die? Daily. How often do we take our cross? Daily. You've got to be dying daily. That's hard to do when you're young. But the older you get, it becomes tolerable. It doesn't become completely easy because the inner man will overtake the outer man. But the inner man is Christ in you, is Christ in you. That's the inner man. That's Christ. And God's going to take you through year after year after year after year year of tribulation, trials, persecution. And he's going to teach you to quit fooling with the people that you used to fool with when you first come to Christ. Quit running around with the world. Have no fellowship for for, fruitful works of darkness, but rather rebuke them. What fellowship does light have with darkness or does Christ have with Belial? None. I have learned to separate from the world, and I don't mean I'm better than the world. And the reason I separate is because God tells me to separate for those people who walk disorderly. If a brother walks disorderly, separate from him. You're supposed to have brotherly love if he will allow you to do that by his walking in the commandments of God, but you're supposed to separate from him when he won't do right anymore. Let's go back to this and to God in His brotherly kindness. There's another one of those words. Philos, Adelphos. There's that word, Philos. It's on that page there you got. A-D-E-L-P-H-O-S. Adelphos is the word brother. Philos means an affection for your brothers if they're walking right. What do you mean if they're walking right? Well, the Bible says here in, in, I was going to give you a verse, and I can't think of it. If a brother, if you, well, he says in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, if a man calls himself a brother, and he's living wrong, this guy's having an affair with his stepmother. He's having an affair with his stepmother. Not to keep company with him. He says, I wrote unto you in verse 9, I wrote unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, or with covetousness or extortioners or idolaters, for then must you need, you'd have to leave the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company of a man that is called a brother. Well that's a hard place to understand. And then he says, if he's a fornicator and he's covetous, an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one, with such a brother, don't even eat with him. Don't go to his house. Do I have any time, Mike? to me and he says that if a man is a brother in first Timothy in first Timothy Now, we command you, verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6, we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly. So this is a real hard place to come to. Love your brothers if they will walk in God's commandments. But don't hang around a guy that calls himself your brother, and he drinks a little, and he cusses a little, and he does all these things a little. And I'm just—I've been talking about faith increasing today. I hadn't even got to inheritance increasing. Inheritance is death. There's a death involved. I'll come back to that next time. This pen will—you can put nearly anything that has to do with God or godliness—and put it out here. Just write anything down. It's all has to do with God is in charge of everything. I think I'm about out of time, ain't I Mike? Two minutes. I can't do much in two minutes. Let me go ahead and read the rest of this. Verse seven of chapter three of of uh, of Second Thessalonians. For yourselves know that how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, and we might not be chargeable to any of you. You are to withdraw yourself from brothers that walk disorderly. That word withdraw, stello means to abstain, pull away from, it has basically the same meaning mark them which saw cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrines you have learned and avoid these people ecclino is an imperative mood a command in Romans 16, 17 Romans 16, because they that are such so serving our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Good words and fair speeches are not what believers need. They need comfort, but they need to be admonished, which means rebuke gently. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for truth. Uh, sometimes I don't know what to pray for. Well, most of the time, I pray for the flock here that you'll strengthen them and cause them to be strong in the faith. God, I I don't know the direction to go sometime. Lord, you open up whatever opportunities you can for this ministry. And God will praise for everything, glorify you for what you do. Strengthen the sheep, fight our battles in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> if you don't have a strong Word Study Concordance, they don't print these anymore. You'll probably have to find one on Amazon or something, but I wouldn't take from mine. It shows you all these words that are connected together.